0: Gary Lutz needs a vacation from himself. Bullies are constantly beating him up. His only friend is his computer. Even his little sister doesn't like him. But now Gary's dream is about to come true. He's going to exchange bodies with another kid for a whole week. Gary can't wait to get a new body until something horrible happens and Gary finds out. His new body isn't exactly human. Why I'm Afraid of Bees is this week's story on the Goose Town. Welcome back for most. Welcome for the first time for some to The Goose Down. Uh, my name is Cameron Hawkins, host of the South Congress Podcast, producer of the South Congress Podcast Network. And yeah, The Goose Down is the series where I review each and every one of the books in R.L. Stein's Classic Goosebump series. So, this week's book, number 17, Why I'm Afraid of Bees. Um, you know, one of those frightening covers, at least for me personally, the whole trapped in somebody else's body thing was always, like, a real scary point for me, like, as a kid. Um, it's the main character, Gary Lutz. Um, you see a bee's body, like, kind of across the front, and it's his face still with antenna poking out. Like, like one of the really creepy, good covers that they've had. Um, the tagline is, he's no ordinary human bee because... You know, children's books. So yeah, book seventeen. We're we're kind of far the way through this. Like starting it. I never thought we'd be here two and a half months later, like really making way on this. Really, um, you know, this goes sixty-two books, so we're more than a quarter of the way through. Kinda kinda blows my mind that we've gotten this far. So this is one of the stories almost told exclusively through a first person perspective. You don't get a lot of detail about the other characters, even though they exist. Probably Mr. Andretti, um Gary's neighbor, is who you get the most information on. But everybody else just kind of exists so you know how Gary feels about Gary. Um you know, I remember like Sarah Plain and Tall and you know, Ramona and Beezus and, and, and books like that, where you do have these main characters who are very unsure of themselves, um, really seeking validation and appreciation from the outside world. I don't recall like anybody being as much of a downer on themselves as Gary Lutz was, you know, as the story goes on. I mean, even talking about just, just, quitting life on multiple occasions. It's really, you know, fascinating to hear like a 12-year-old kind of talk like that. So, you know, one of the movies that kind of, I guess, defines me as a sci-fi fan, kind of defines my childhood, you know, my relationship with horror and sci-fi and fantasy. Um, You know, my stepfather, who I reference a lot, um, you know, on these podcasts, was really, really into sci-fi like I picked up Star Trek from him I picked up Star Wars from him um, heavy metal which I never should have been watching you know Battlestar Galactica all kinds of stuff like that uh, my comic book fandom all comes from that but one of the movies that really sticks out for me is the fly um, unless you've been living under a rock um, you know the fly is about scientists who creates the ability to teleport but um, during his experiment, uh, fly sneaks into one of his pods, causing, you know, a mix up on the cellular level between man and fly, um, you know, making it that sci fi go to horror story. So Why I'm Afraid of Bees definitely covers some of that same ground. I, again, I, Gary Lutz is just a fascinating character who likes nothing about his life and then you get to experience him live this totally separate life and follow that along you know whereas a lot of these books have been protagonist gets into bad situation how do they come out of it this is very much like an independent character study of this person how they see their lives how their life uh adjusts based on this scenario so yeah just uh A really different read from what we've had before. I feel like every week I talk about how different they are, but I I mean it this time. It's true. So it's a summer in a fictional town called Millville. And we find Gary by himself in his backyard reading comic books. Um, He starts to hear a buzzing sound at this point. Now, what he thinks happened is that one of his neighbor's bees escaped. He's a neighbor named Mr. Andretti, who is a beekeeper. Um, and he really goes into detail about the whole process that Mr. Andretti has, from uh, you know where he keeps the bees to his suit to how he talks to them. I like it's, it's very introspective. Again, these things being told from a perspective of a twelve-year-old, it's always like the brightest and most detailed, most vivid storytelling twelve-year-old. But you know that's what you have to accept with this line of books. So he figures one of his bees escaped. Um, as he's, you know, in the backyard reading his comic books, minding his business. So Gary actually looks over into Mr. Andretti's backyard. And he sees him covered in bees. Um (laughs) Mr. Andretti yells at him, like the bees are out of control. And Gary immediately gets scared. And then after a few seconds, Mr. Andretti starts laughing. And then Gary realizes he was just having fun with him. So the weird thing about Mr. Andretti, like he has like this really like strange, eclectic, you know, pastime of beekeeping. It's just not something a lot of people do, especially like in their backyard in the same neighborhood. But he gets really annoyed when people watch him. Like if you do a weird thing, I think you kind of have to accept that you're going to get attention from it. You can't be weirded out that people are going to pay attention to the strange thing that you do. But that's just kind of his personality. So, um, yeah, he admits like he was kind of having fun with them and like warns him like, yo, stop staring at me. So this is when you get a bit more information about Gary. He's like, not only are the kids mean to me, but the adults are mean to me. So what do we mean by the kids being mean to him? Um, Gary, they, they, he doesn't just say like, I always get picked last for things. He talks about going to the park (laughs) for a softball game and the two captains, kicking everybody but him and then even arguing at the end of it about who has to take him and then they say all right but the Lutz rule is in effect what is the Lutz rule gary gets four strikes because he's that uncoordinated that the only way to even have his at bat be fair is to put a handicap on it like he's playing with bumpers um So, yeah, he gets picked last, uh, does strike out to lose the game after four strikes. The kids laugh at him. On his way home, he gets beat up by three kids. Now, one thing we kind of see if we look at, like, a monster blood, a lot of times, like, a monster blood, NSA cheese and die, there's always this threat of the kids the local bullies inflicting violence or scaring or being rough on the protagonist or somebody close to the protagonist, but they never actually beat up. They beat the shit out of Gary twice in this story. Like uh, <laughs> they beat him up the first time and he does his best to like hide this from his mom because he doesn't want to stress her out. They beat him up the second time and give him a black eye. And he alludes to it early on that he doesn't want his mom to make it a bigger deal by complaining to the other kids' parents. And then she does it later in the story. So it was kind of founded. But, yeah, so, so far, the neighbor picks on Gary for being strange. Gary does not get along with the local kids because of his poor athleticism. um, And he gets beat up by three bullies. So later he's like, yo, I want to do something to take my mind off all this. I'm going to go on a bike ride with my brand new bike. While he's riding, he sees uh, these two girls from a school, one of which he has a crush on. As he goes to get one of the girls attention, he forgets where he is, takes his hands off of the uh, off the handles, sees a car coming, dodges to swerve it and wrecks his bike. So this all happens over the course of like two hours. So his day is just done. Right so he he's kind of sad and this is when he goes to play on his computer now this is march of 1994 and so you know we live in a world of these huge message forums and live updates and you have your facebooks and your twitters and your reddits so this is kind of the infancy of all that so he goes to one of the forums um, looking for information on this video game that he plays. And again, just to show that it's not just like physical confrontation that he has an issue with, it's not just athletics. They give him information on how to beat this boss in a game. And basically, I think they described it as like a two-eyed monster. And the advice that Gary's uh, given. And, you know, this isn't like a live update. Somebody leaving a message after something you posted is to hit the monster between the eyes. He's like, I've tried that 23 times. And then you get information about him failing at that too. So Gary's just a mess, like all over the place, right? So um, on the same page where he's seeing this got to remember um you know advertisements are a big thing um on forums now but in their infancy like they were huge like you'd love to get an advertisement on a site he sees one that says vacation from your life so there's this company that lets you switch bodies with another person for a week Like that's what they advertise Gary's like there's no way that this is real um But, you know, it drew his attention. He's like, gosh, bad as my life is, I would love to switch places with somebody for a week. So um, on a whim, he does walk to the address that's on the advertisement. You know, he's looking for like a big building with flashing lights. It's going to have this, this, you know, wondrous, whimsical, magical quality to it. Just a plain building. It's kind of small um, that has the same company name on the front of it, goes inside, um, and he meets one of the employees, her name's Miss Carmen, Carmen with a K, because I think you're kind of led to believe that, you know, even though she has like a science ability to her, there's also something mystical to her, a lot of times when you spell C names with K, it's kind of denoting that, you know, like your, your, your crystals and things like that, so, she tells him that the, the company name Person to Person Vacations allows you to switch minds with somebody else that's your age. And she's very, you know, matter of fact about what she's presenting. So she takes this picture um, and she adds it to the catalog. Basically, they have like, you know, a live book. You can look at a kid, get a feel for his life and say, hey, that's who I want to switch places with. Um, and then that's when they establish the actual switch. So. She tells him when kids want to trade places, um, if somebody does choose to trade places with him, he's going to receive a call. After he leaves, he's beat up by those same kids. And like I said, this time he's left with a black eye so he can't hide it. Goes home to dinner um this is where his mom is like yo we should call those kids parents and then he's like no it's no big deal and that's when to change the subject he talks about wrecking his bike and that's when his dad tells him that he's gonna have to pay to get it fixed so this kid cannot catch a break days pass nothing gets better for him and then you know one afternoon um he's sitting outside mr andretti once again scares gary by releasing a few of his bees his direction so Gary is on his last legs now, does not know what to do. And he actually gets the call from person to person vacation. They say they found a kid. Um, he th- does want to switch places. He goes to the company. Says it's a kid named Dirk Davis that wants to trade places with him. Um. So Dirk is a cool kid. Dirk uh, is good looking, large, athletic, um, but he needs Gary's brain. So that he can pass an important math test. Um, So it's like okay. You know Gary's like I have no problem with that. So Gary sits down. Is plugged up to a machine. So that uh, Miss Carmen can do the switch for him. He sees a bee come in. And he's fidgeting. um, Because it's done at his house. And so it's next door. To uh, Mr. Andretti. Sees a bee come in. Can't focus. He's squirming. He's squirming bees start coming in um you know after he closes the door he sees the bees are there and miss carmen is like focus like i need you to sit still i need you to sit still um she hits the machine gary feels you know kind of a shock everything goes black he wakes up expects to be like this big strong kid um notices that he's not his vision's weird he's on his back he doesn't know he's disoriented turns out switch places with a bee so just like the thing, where you know you have this ability to transform from one space to another, something else gums up what you're doing. You end up with brand new DNA. So yeah, his mind is now inside of a bee, and just great description overall. Yeah, a lot of it is like him recounting uh, a book that he read as a kid. As we go forward, um, but okay, notices that he's a bee. Um, Miss Carmen thinks that everything went fine, so she's packing up her stuff. She's getting ready to go. Gary tries yelling at her, but, of course, he's a B. Like she can't make out what he's saying. Um, and, it, and the crazy part is he makes it outside um, and is trying to get her attention, is on the ground and almost gets ran over by her. Um, but she stops at the last second to fasten her seatbelt. And he even draws attention to the fact that like, her fastening a seatbelt probably saved his life. So, you know, for him to be you know, in this predicament, all of a sudden I'm in a bee's body. He really does have his facilities about him, has some agency about him um, early on trying to get this resolved. He's like, OK, got to make it back to her office. I'll be fine. He goes outside. And he sees um, Mr. Andretti. Mr. Andretti actually catches him and places him inside his beekeeping area uh, with all the other bees. he's like, man, I'm stuck now. Um, So now, um, you know, Gary starts to get kind of a feel for his surroundings. Um, He sees the other bees are actually making honey. And he's like, yo, I'm starving. I know I need to eat. What do bees eat? So he starts drinking some honey. When Mr. Andrade checks on the bees, Gary manages to get out. He goes to his house. Sister almost kills him. And Gary, he deals with a lot of like near-death experiences. Sister almost kills him. And then he goes to his room. And he finds that Dirk, in control of his body, is actually in there asleep. Um, And so he goes to his computer. And he starts to type out a message, key by key. Not knowing if he's strong enough, but is able to do it. And he basically types out, not my body, Gary, help. And it's actually Gary, hello, because he missed the P and hit the O, because it's a lot of work. Um, So when Dirk wakes up, he sees the computer, wonders if he typed it. And he ends up turning the computer off. So Gary follows Dirk, who is in Gary's body. Um, And then... He finds out that in the time that he's been gone, like Dirk actually has been improving Gary's life. He's giving kids skateboard lessons in the park. Like he's all of a sudden the cool kid who knows how to do stuff and all the kids are into him. And he's like, dang, like that's what I always want. It's crazy how I actually can't experience it for myself. So Gary goes to the person to person vacation office. Um, he noticed that there's a microphone in Miss Carmen's desk. So, whereas she couldn't hear him before and nobody can make out what he's saying, he talks into the microphone and Miss Carmen can actually hear him. He lets her know it's me, it's Gary, I'm stuck in the bee's body. I wanna go back to my body. She has the technology, seems like she could do it just fine, right? This is when she tells him that Dirk likes Gary's friends. He likes his family like he likes his life so much so that he does not want to swap back into his own body. Like he's having a great time, um, you know, living in this new body, having this new life. And Gary's like, no, it's not going to work for me. Like, I want to be back in my body. It's my body. It's my life. Like, I want that back. Miss Carmen, you know, is really upset trying to figure out how to fix this. And she leaves the waiting room. So, Gary leaves, and when he leaves, he actually gets the actual Dirk's address and flies to it and finds his real body. So, it was a three-way switch. Gary asks the boy for help, and then he realizes, oh my God, it's a bee that is control of, in control of Dirk's body, and he has bee tendencies. So, like, he actually can't make out anything that uh, Gary is saying so he doesn't know what like he's talking about to him he's like going crazy for honey and seems to be wandering around the backyard like he's basically a large drone at this point so then um, Gary finds Dirk once more and when he sees him the three bullies that have been beating him up the whole story happen to be around Gary um, while he was afraid of them, Dirk and Gary's body has no fear of these boys. Um, you know, beats them all up. Um, and then, uh, B. Gary actually does help out a little bit by, like, scaring them. So Dirk goes back to Gary's house. Gary follows him. He asks him, like, Dog, I really want my body back. And Dirk's like, No, I, I really don't want to switch back. Like, I'm really having a good time. Don't make me kill you. I like Whoa, like this has got really serious. So... Gary doesn't know what to do, man. He's dejected. He's done. Um, He's almost attacked by a group of bees. And then he gets an idea. Like again, flashing back to this book that he read about bees. What he decides to do, he gets out into the front of the flying bees and they follow him. And then he makes them follow him all the way back to the beehive. And then he flies around, flies around, flies around the hive and ends up creating a giant swarm of bees. The swarm follows Gary outside the house into his house, and then Dirk is covered in bees. Um, so Gary's like, yo, like I got him at gunpoint, basically. He's going to switch this up. Dirk will not give him his body back. One thing that Gary's been resisting this whole time is stinging everybody, because he knows, yo, once I sting you, it's over. I'm going to die. Gary gets so mad that Dirk won't give him his body back. He finally stings him. Um, and, you know, Gary is so upset, he doesn't realize that like he just ended his own life. You know, as he loses a stinger, he starts to fly outside, fades to black. So you're thinking, you know, it's over for Gary. He's going to die as a bee because that moment of weakness is what ended up getting him. Eventually, he does come to, realizes he's been put back into his body. So what happens is, before... Uh, <laughs> And this is crazy. Before he actually dies, you know, Gary, it turns out, uh, lucked out because Dirk wanted his body back because he ended up failing all those tests, Um, (laughs) which was originally why he wanted the body. Um, But because it was a three way switch, like he didn't actually get uh, the brain that he wanted. So he was not able to do better on those tests because it wasn't a direct swap. So um, Gary sees his family. He's hugging everybody. Um, his dad lets him know that there are a bunch of bees in his room because he'd, he'd come too. Um, and Gary's like, uh, I'm not even afraid of bees anymore. He ends up giving them some honey and crackers and gets rid of them. So like all is well that ends well. Everybody kind of got back to their bodies. You never really find out what happens to the bee. Um, but, you know, Gary and Dirk seem to have come to a common ground as far as all this goes. You flash forward to a month, and again, Gary's telling the story from a first-person perspective. He's like, yo, I appreciate life now, man. I don't care what I can or I can't do. Like, I'm just happy to be out here. Um, whoever doesn't like me, whoever I don't get along with, man, whatever. Like, everything's cool. Um, but he actually is a bit less scared. He's actually a bit better as far as sports and stuff go. You know, those kids don't bully him anymore because he showed them what's up. And him and Dirk, like, again, are cool um, because – You know, they they didn't originally get what they wanted. They saw how the other half lived and now have an appreciation for who they are um, as people. But the book ends with Gary having a new, unquenchable thirst for pollen. And you get him kneeling down and sucking the pollen directly from a flower. So there's some some residue. There's some reverberations from his time as a bee. So now he has bee tendencies. Um, You know, to me... This book was genuinely scary because what do you do if you're stuck in somebody else's body and can't get out, especially if it's the body of an insect? And this is The Fly. This is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids not being able to reach out and get help, not wondering when your last moment's going to be because all of a sudden you have so much less control over your actual environment. Um, So, yeah, I I thought this was a, a definite you know, departure from the stories that have been told. It was actually pretty fun um, as far as the character's journey. But you do have these moments of, like, I wish I would just die. Why am I even alive? That are, like, really heavy for a book for 12-year-olds. But overall, I think funny. You know, what I appreciated was Gary's time as a part of the hive. Like, his interactions with um, these different bees, you know, him comparing the bees bullying to the kids bullying him. And him having to navigate that situation, a lot of fight or flight, um, mostly flight and directly because he's a bee now. Um, but yeah, that part of the story was really cool. And again, um, it being a reference to stories I read like The Fly, really make a book like this hit home for me. Um, A bit of a faster read, about 10 pages shorter than what the other books have been. Didn't feel like it came to an abrupt end like the other one because you really do get the character's journey and multiple attempts for him to restore himself. And ultimately... You know, it having to come down to this life or death moment, I thought was really cool. So, yeah, um, Why I'm Afraid of Bees, one of my favorite covers. I think a really fun story, um, you know, in this, you know, huge series so far. Um, So next week, this is when we start to get into the sequels. Next week, we're going to have Monster Blood 2. And you're going to see how the Monster Blood starts to affect different animals differently. Like Even though you got this reference to a dog eating some um, in the first book and a dog growing large, what happens when it happens to Cuddles the Hamster? Um, But yeah, thanks for joining me on the Goose Down, guys. If you get to listen to this when it comes out, which is typically on a Wednesday afternoon, we might actually do this one Wednesday morning for a few different reasons, but on Thursday, um, I am going to be a part of a panel at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, it's the Mahogany Project presents the Kickback, um, a conversation with creatives of color. Um, so it's my first time actually doing an event um, at my alma mater, uh, University of Texas. Really excited about that. Just to talk about the creative process, um, some of the different things I'm working on, some advice you know for young creatives as they start to figure out their place in the world. That's going to be at 6:30 p.m. UT Austin, uh, GWB Building. Um, it should be like a, r- a really fun experience. I get to, you know, have further conversations with uh, people I have helped produce on. I just want to tell stories, so I'm excited for other people to really get a feel for them. Um, but yeah, it's gonna do it this week for the Goose Down the series where I review each and every one of the books in R.L. Stein's classic Goosebump series this week was why I'm afraid of bees. Next week we're looking at Monster Blood 2. My name is Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast and for the South Congress Podcast Network. Thanks for joining me. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comment show or movie discussed? Supporting the South Congress Podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com/seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show.